It's one of the most inviting places you've seen thus far, as everything else has been a pretty barren, dark, and dreary landscape. No, no way. Total, total, uh, total defense. <laughs> hey, well, every desert has an oasis, guys. I've grown in this game to become very suspicious of anything that looks significantly nicer than it should be. I say we go through the tundra. It's our best shot. It's our quickest shot at reaching Elias. I guess we'll go through the tundra then. Something's able to live out here. Oh, that's terrifying. Kind of looks like insect-like, except like Way bigger. Maybe we can ask them potentially how far Elias is away. Or we may all get stabbed. It's a 50-50, honestly. Whatever these creatures are, are pointing towards a safe path. It may be indicating that you should turn back. Welcome back to the Odd Campaign. This is Season 3, Episode 30, where we are catching back up with the individuals who last found themselves in the Shadow Plane. More specifically than just the Shadow Plane, last time, everyone found themselves trapped in a blizzard with very few solutions, but a interesting and unexpected uh, set of aid from a crystal and a laser, which managed to find themselves into an underground network when... The last thing the party heard and saw was surface dwellers. Yes. <laughs> uh, but real quick, if we could, uh, let's go around and do some character introductions. Hello, everyone. My name is Daniel, and I play Daniel because I'm original, I guess. Uh, Daniel is the resident healer and cleric of the group, though for the last little bit, he hasn't been doing that much healing and mostly been decking things and making poor decisions on how to proceed through a blizzard. So, yeah, things are great. And I'm Mohit, resident screw-up of the group in real life and in the podcast. If I do anything right in the episode, it's because I am clearly the leader of this guild. Sal slash Ash slash Mohit is clearly the leader of this guild. And I'm Snow! It's also more funny because you being Snow playing <laughs> Mohit, you actually are the leader of this group, and you playing Mohit probably is the I was reason. about to introduce myself, and you just rudely sorry, interrupted sorry, sorry, me. Sorry, continue, continue. Sorry. I'm speaking. Excuse me. I'm speaking. Hi, guys. I'm Snow, and I play Snow in the podcast, and I am here to uh, be somebody that the GM has written in in order to help these schmucks get things done. Thank you, GM. Or kill them. It's one or the other. It depends on how chaotic I'm feeling. Oh, uh, I thought my job was the first part. Uh, hi, my name's Wilson, a figment of Quentin's imagination and most people's favorite character of the ad campaign. 
I I was written in to better assist the party members, uh, and hopefully me and Angus won't die to bug people. Oh, and I am the poor unfortunate soul who got dragged along, almost died in a blizzard, has been starving to death, and has watched a fish attempt to feed a horse beef jerky. I'm Celia, the resident wizard and artifact creator and analyzer of the Art Guild. And with that, the entire party has last been seen, as aforementioned, surrounded by at least a few dozen, if not a couple hundred, Dezeraks, which, as previously described, are these humanoid creatures, but they seem as if they're almost more bug than person. They do stand five to six feet tall, varying in height, but they all have an exoskeleton and four arms, but all of them stand upright and seem as if they're staring and blinking at you. TLDR, they creepy. Daniel, what are they, Daniel? Uh, like Daniel said, they creepy. Oh, they're creepy, all right. Hello? We come in peace? And one person is knocked out, so I guess she's not really going to do anything to you, so, um... You come almost as popsicles. Yeah, that's not far from the truth at all. You should have heeded our warnings, surface dweller. Daniel! They're talking, Daniel! Well, uh, actually, uh, they're communicating telepathically. They're not talking. Yeah, but their lips aren't moving. Daniel, do you see this? Actually, their mandibles are moving. It just sounds more like... Wow, you do a really good impression, Wilson. That's pretty impressive. Thanks. I, 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 I put a rank into linguistics. Yeah, in hindsight, yeah, I probably should have listened. By the way, what is the bowl with... I don't even know what you'd call it that made the laser. What, what, what is that exactly? It seems as if you hear almost a secondary voice speaking in your head. That's... It's just a resonance artifact, which reverberates at a specific frequency, which then resonates with the crystal. Ah, uh, okay. Which will produce a light fragmentation. What is going on over there? And as you hear an outspoken voice, something which is not telepathically communicated, almost immediately, every individual before you either seems to disappear or fall on the ground. Face first, like almost bowing. I swear you creatures are so useless. We have deadlines to keep, and I... Oh, and who do we have here? So, before you, Daniel and Mohit, you see a woman with dark grayish-colored skin, yellow eyes, and dark, almost black hair that is braided down and is slung across one shoulder uh, on her right side. She is about five foot nine, she does appear to have several scars on like her chest area. And beyond that, she appears to have a very high society aura about her. Hello. Hello. I'm speaking. Thank you. Hello. Daniel, I can't tell if we're supposed to introduce ourselves. You may introduce yourselves. Okay. 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 I'm Daniel Sikorsky. We're from the the surface. We're surface dwellers. Ooh. Amazing. And, uh, I'm Sal. That, that, that's Sal, or Bard. Uh, I'm Wilson. This is Angus. That's our unconscious wizard, Celia. Probably do something about that. Yeah, we should probably... I mean, it's warmer here, so... Yeah. That, that's always a plus. We kind of just froze to death. 
Oh, so you came from the barren lands then? Yeah, I mean, that's a that description of what they look like. Barren. And land. This is true. Well, welcome to... Where the hell is this? It would literally just be mining camp and then some random string of numbers. Welcome to mining camp 0696977969. Nice. I'm just going to look at this woman and be like, can you just, for the better of everyone, ignore anything he says? I was already doing that. Okay, thank you. That makes everything significantly easier. Um, so what do you mine here, if I may ask? That is a very good question. I don't know what I'm mining. <laughs> Quentin will be looking up. You have, unfortunately, whether or not it was intended, you have crossed into territory that is not for surface dwellers. I had a feeling the um, residents kind of seem to imply that. To answer the question of what they mine here, they mine two rare ores, which correspond with one another, azite and deuterite. She doesn't answer that question. No, she wouldn't. No, of course not. Just for, you may find some here. She kicks one of the bug creatures that are next to her <laughs> to get his attention. Uh, uh, pardon me, Chief Prospector. What was that? I'm sorry. I didn't quite understand what you said. My name is what? Uh, pardon me, Chief Prospector Asura Maria Elena de Draconia. The Umbra Draconia. What is wrong with you? I'm sorry. And you see as this, as this bug person cowers in fear, they're both sets of hands covering their head as they're groveling on the ground before her. So, why are they here? Ask them, why are they here? Uh, uh, yes, madam. Why are you here, surface dwellers, besides for reprieve from the storm? What brings you to our plane? How do I explain this without sounding like an idiot? Uh, we want to resurrect the dead. I wasn't going to go that immediately into it, but one of our friends got eaten by a handbag and is now in this plane of existence, and we wanted to revive her. Immediately upon hearing about the attempt of resurrection of your dear compatriot, all of the Desiriac workers begin making a high-pitched, almost hissing sound. It seems as if their bodies are resonating at a frequency, which seems to be a shudder, but one of disagreement. It's, it's almost like a communal buzz, which is now filling the entire halls of this tunnel. <laughs> you, creature, <laughs> inform all the rest of your friends here to forget anything they saw about these people or anything they have heard. I'll be taking care of them. Just madam. She smiles, and then she coils one finger and almost like directs you to follow after her. Daniel is now thinking to himself, oh, wonderful, we're all going to die here, aren't we? <laughs> and as she so decreed, all of the Desiriac workers seem to return and go back about their business and pay you hardly any attention, as if somehow a collective understanding of what has been asked has been scattered throughout the entire working tunnel system below, even those who haven't even seen you yet or have necessarily even connected with anyone have this knowledge to almost avoid you. And at this point, I assume Daniel probably would have gone up to Celia and healed her or taken her out of her unconscious state. Sure. Uh, which healing spell do you use? Cure minor or moderate wounds would take her out of unconscious, um, right? How much is a minor? It depends. It might not be enough. One D8. Okay. 
then we'll moderate just... should be more than enough. Okay, You'd then we'll do moderate wound. Okay. 18 yield. As you cast your spell, you hear as Celia gasps awake. <gasps> oh, well then, certainly is an experience I do not wish to repeat, but where are we? Uh, we're in a mine of some sorts with... Bug uh, people and really, really mean, angry lady of the hood. You are in mine 0069697769. That was a lot of 69s. Daniel's eye starts twitching mildly. Come along, little surface dwellers. We have much to talk about. Daniel thinks to himself, I'm taller than her, though. She still stands. She's wearing heels, by the way. Okay. How tall is she? She's five foot nine. And she's wearing like three inch heels. So does that make her the five foot nine or? Or yeah. she's. Okay, cool. She's a bit. So, she, so she's five foot six wearing three wearing, inch heels. Yeah. Putting her at five foot nine. Nice. So yeah, she she continues to walk and lead you through the, the mine shaft. Looking around the tunnels, you see that most of the structures are using the rock formations for their siding as support structures and even infrastructure. But most of the buildings here look like jerry-rigged safety hazards made out of repurposed rotting wood and rusting metal. Bed sheets are used for curtains and broken glass turned into wind chimes. These haphazard structures are strewn about the place, but it appears as if the person leading you is taking you to the largest structure of the bunch, which reaches all the way to the ceiling of this 40-foot-tall tunnelway and stretches from floor to the top. And it seems as if there's almost multiple layers to this building as you enter in the front. The engineer in Daniel is like, oh my god, this is horrible. I want to burn everything and rebuild it because goodness gracious, this is all wrong. Of course, she's not saying this. I just should make that perfectly clear. As you take your steps into the, this building, the wood creaks beneath your feet as once again, everything seems old, repurposed, not even properly level. Random beams are thrown up to correct anything that is slanting or obscured and just seems to be barely supporting whatever it is that is there. Please, mind the carpet, that is the nicest thing that we have in here. You say as she mentions this, that as you walk into this large open area, it has some tables strewn here and there, and what seems to be almost like a waist-high bar in the back. You presume that this might almost be a tavern if it weren't so vacant, but there does seem to be the nicest thing in this building, which is a very large carpet which is rolled out and takes up almost the entirety of the floor, but it doesn't seem as if it is built into the floor itself. The floor is still made of wood, but there is this very nice, intricately designed, hand-weaved carpet across the entire floor. For the first time in the Shadow Plane, it's one of the few things that radiates color. There's actually light all throughout this tunnel system, and it seems to be white light, which is very odd, seeing as most fires burn blue here, but it seems as if there's almost some other form of bioluminescence lighting the entirety of the cave, and this bioluminescence reflects off the carpet, giving it almost a rainbow hue, where the intricate patterns dance across the carpetscape. Come, come, take a seat wherever you can find. Oh, I mean, it shouldn't be hard. They're kind of a lot of chairs, so everyone pull up. A st- can wait, wait, Angus. No, you, you, you gotta stay outside, buddy. Buddy, no, 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 you can't come out there. Stay, good boy. 
as you saw as Angus was attempting to make his way up the short brief stairways into the building you're about to enter in, Wilson stops him and ties his reins to one of the posts outside, which let's just hope isn't a support structure, and let's just hope that Angus doesn't get upset and try and pull on it. All right, so, uh, quaint place you got here. Daniel, it's it's scary here. There's there's dust mites and uh, and chairs, and uh, the chairs have dust on them. How are we going to sit? Ash, we've, se- we've seen chairs before, bud. Oh, you're right, okay. And, uh, and I, and I sit. Oh, oh I, I guess I'll join him. Wilson and Ash both pull up a chair. Looking around, you see that perhaps it is not as vacant in here as you first thought, but it's more so that all of the patrons seem to be avoiding you, as it would appear as a number of the common ones would be the Desiriac people. There is one smaller Desiriac who stands only at about three foot two who seems to be prancing about, and it seems as if she has a basket and has a flower on its head and is skipping around while in an equally as intricately weaved white dress, which is also refracting the light. And there seems to be an older Desiriac back behind the bar. Wow, I didn't even know flora could grow down here. It usually doesn't, but sometimes the Desiriacs use their dung and they manage somehow to grow some decent flora. It's quite potent. Ah! That wasn't in the script. No. Most certainly not. But she is correct that very little flora is able to grow down here, presumably due to the lack of light. But surprisingly enough, you do see that this little girl has what appears to be a white orchid. So I guess Daniel is also going to sit down and uh, talk with... So, uh, very kind but demanding chief and prospector lady. No. No? You refer to me as my proper name. Uh... I don't think we ever got your proper name. My name is Asira Maria Elena de Umbra Daconia. All right, can, can I just call you Siri? Because, like, that's a mouthful. No, you may refer to me as Asira Maria Elena de Umbra Draconia. Uh, Asiria. Asira. Mariana. Maria. Uh, Eleanor. Elena. De Umbra. De Umbra Draconia. Draconia. Okay. I will forgive your insolence just this once. Okay. Well, I, I wrote it down, uh, and and I've got got the memory like an elephant. Uh, it's it's locked in there now. Really? Yeah. Try. Uh, uh, uh Asira Marina, but Asira Asira Maria Elena de Umbra Draconia. I'll give it seven out of ten. Yes, that's like I said, like an elephant. That's how that's how how good they score. Um, so uh, like my friend Daniel said. Uh, Daniel, you want to you you give her a rundown? Uh, yeah, our friend is now in this plane of existence, and we're trying to get them back. Oh, do tell me how you're going to get them back. I'm very curious. Well, we have a ring, which allows us to locate a person, so long as we have a piece of them. With such, we've been navigating our way through your plane of existence, and we're hoping to find their remains. Once there, Daniel, as mundane as he may appear, is a high-level cleric, and he would be able to cast a resurrection spell. The main problem, though, has been traversing through these ways. Do you know if perhaps these tunnels would be able to reach to where our destination is? If it is where I think it is, more than likely, yes. And we may have no. Perhaps it would be of good benefit to both of us if we work together. How so? She smiles confidently and then leans back against the bar. Let's just say I have some 
interests in the location that we may be finding this uh, friend of yours or what remains of them. Okay. I assume there's probably some valuable material or mineral that you'd be interested in mining. Material? No. Power? Yes. So, all right. So, when can we leave and go there? I would have to say we would need to have some preparation to make plans. We could aim for tomorrow, perhaps. And how long do you think it would take to get there? About two days. Hmm. That would indeed be getting a bit tight on time. I mean, do you have a better way of getting there, Daniel? No. Hey. Yeah, I feel like we don't have much of a room to argue with here. So, no. so, 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 so no, what, we don't. <laughs> so, so, what exactly are you getting out of this again? Like I said, power. There's something that I want there. There's something that you want, maybe, there. And it could be beneficial if we work together. Basically, what I'm saying is, I'm going the same direction that you are. Well, that's good to know. Uh... So, how, how exactly do you know where Alaeus's remains are? Uh, of course, you need explanations. I mean, I, I generally like to know like what we're up against, whether it's like giant murderous shadow hounds or, um, I don't know, like giants, dragons. Do you have those things here? She smiles and like her teeth start to show and you can see that she's like really jagged, like teeth on the corners of her mouth, like almost like fangs. Dragons? Yes. Oh, oh, oh that's comforting. Okay. Wow. You have really pointy teeth. So I don't, I don't think that's the takeaway here, bud. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that, uh, anyways, so yeah, what, what, what are we looking to, to be up against? Oh, you know, the general guards here and there. Guards? Why, who's, who's guarding what? Well, of course, wouldn't you have guards over your dead? Uh, we, we, we have graveyards where we, like, bury people. Yes, like graveyards. Okay, but why, why do you have people guarding them? So people don't steal them. I guess that's a good point. So, it sounds like you are going to have to steal your friend. Uh, okay. Well, that's uh, not something we've done before, but hey, there's a first time for everything. I'm going to have to get in contact with a few people in order to make this happen. So, I'll leave you with this. This is a safe place for now. I need to go speak with someone and... Maybe we can get in contact with a friend of ours. His name is Bielrik. So you just want us to stay in this tavern bar area and just kind of stay out of the way, I'd assume? For now, Bielrik will be able to give you some information on what we need to do and maybe something else. Okay, that sounds uh, reasonable. So after traveling for a couple of days through uh, your your very quaint plane of existence, uh, we'll put it that way, uh, we're, we're a little low on supplies. Is there anywhere where we can get things around town? Of course, there's a shopping district. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess we'll leave you to contact your, your people. And we'll maybe look around and then I guess just meet you here? That is fine. As Asira Maria Elena de Umbra Dracania goes to exit the building, she does make mention that she will be back later this evening, hopefully with good news regarding your informant, Bilric, and that, regardless of how things go, you all will be leaving first thing tomorrow morning, whenever that may be, and however you may be able to tell that while underground. But with that, 
she leaves you. Well, that was surprisingly... Helpful. The most helpful thing that's happened the entire time. Yeah. Like, like, like first there were the, 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 the dogs, and then, and then the, there was the blizzard. Uh, the bug people, surprisingly nice. Uh, never judge a book by its cover. Or a bug. Or, or a bug. By its, exos- by its exoskeleton. Good call, Daniel. Oh, goodness, boys. Well, regardless of what you're doing, I'm going to look to see if there are any material components or anything that we can purchase in town. I don't know about you. Also, unless we plan on camping out in our bedrolls in the middle of the tavern floor, we should probably secure a residency for a bit, at least for the eve. That would also be a good idea. So if you need me, I'll be around town. I'm sure I won't be too hard to find amidst all of the insectoids. Ah. Uh, Give me a shout if you need me. Also, just so you're aware, they may entirely ignore you since our hostess kind of instructed them to, so. Just FYI. As you say that, actually, Daniel, you feel a tugging on your shirt. I look down to see what's tugging at my shirt. And it seems as you are looking down, it is looking back up at you. And it seems to be the same small three foot two Desiriac with a flower on their head, and they're carrying a basket. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. What's your name? Oh, uh, uh, I'm Strixen. Oh, nice to meet you. I'm Daniel. I saw you were new in town, and I heard that you needed supplies. Can I have flowers and webbing here? Oh, that might come in really handy for some of us. Thank you. Uh, And you see, as if it appears, she's toting around a basket which has equally as intricately laced webbing equipments, whether it be blankets, napkins, handkerchiefs, rope, net, and a spool of this webbing thread, which all seems to be reflecting the light in the room, as well as a handful of these orchid flowers. I'm curious, where did you even get these flowers? I mean, quite dark down here most of the time, am I right? My mother grows them. Oh, that's nice. She runs the trinket shop down the street. She has all matter of wares there. Well, we could probably use some rope, guys. Oh, yeah, definitely. Would uh, would your mother's shop happen to have rope by any chance? Oh, I, I'll have a little bit here. It's, it's only like 20 feet, though. Oh, no, but yes, my mother's shop would have more. Oh, okay, then we should go there, then. Right, right this way, I'll take you there. This is the best business we've had in years. And she eagerly pushes apart the parlor doors of the tavern and goes skipping down the street. I'm going to follow her, and I guess you and Wilson, you and Sal can uh, bed. Bye. What, what, what? Daniel's going to leave. Oh, okay. I guess we'll figure that out. Bye, apparently. I don't know that that means, like, go buy a bed if he wants, if he's letting us know that he's leaving, so he's saying goodbye. Who knows? It's ambiguous. You hear off in the distance as you are leaving the tavern and following this small girl down the street. Yep, and I follow him. After following the small girl further down the street, you come to what you presume Asira was mentioning to be the, air quote, shopping district, but... It is slightly more humble than the uh, title would impose. There seems to be a large makeshift tent with tall wooden support beams holding up a tarp which seems to be made of sewn-together sheets. The sheets look tattered and worn, but it seems as if they are sewn together using the same reflective white material. 
as if it has been used as stitching in this instance, there seem to be various wooden tables and haphazard broken boxes, all containing a myriad of various different items. Strung up on uh, a board, you see there are hanging what seem to be crystalline necklaces. There seem to be various rustic components laying in a bin of sorts, what appear to be like rings, and even a pair of somewhat broken glasses. There even, propped up against the table, seems to be an instrument of sorts, though it is missing a few strings. I can see who you were making that for. But you see a, a large quantity of goods and supplies made out of this same strange reflective material. You see bags and sacks and blankets, handkerchiefs, rope, some spools of this just for random use, though you're still not quite sure what exactly this material is. So what is this stuff anyway? I keep seeing it used all around here. Oh, it's Reblin. Ah, that makes sense. My mother makes it herself. Hey, uh, GM. Yes, yes, Mohit. Is, uh, their string better than my string silk suit? It depends, Mohit. Why don't you ask the nice lady who's running the shop? who there is a very nice, taller Dezuriac individual with a flower in her hair standing behind the counter at the back. Uh, uh, excuse me? Hello? Uh, well, uh, I was, I was wondering. Uh, you see, I have this, uh, silk bodysuit. All right, uh, you know, it looks fantastic, as you can see. I know, uh, you might be a little impressed. Mm, little doll. Yeah, well, yours is a little doll. Mm, no. Mine would have intricate stitching, reflective sheen, accomplish everything, which would have stitchworks and different patterns. They would be able to dazzle and lure in many individuals, I'm sure. It would be bedazzled? No, no, it it would dazzle when you see. Daniel, she said it'd be bedazzled. She said my spider silk bodysuit will be bedazzled. Oh, no, no. That's not what she said. She said it would dazzle, not be bedazzled. Oh, well, I want that. Okay, if it is a custom order, it may take time. I would have to get your measurements. Uh, how much time would that take? Hmm, it depends. Normally it takes me a few days. But I have some pre-made things that, if it were to fit you, you could certainly take. Yeah, we won't be around here for very long, so let's check out the pre-made stuff first. Okay. The quality of this material is quite special, for it is resistant to severe temperature changes and is very well insulated. Unlike most webbing, it is not flammable, and it will not become brittle and break in the cold. And, uh, how much would this cost? Axing the real questions here. (coughs) The telepathy has stopped, but you still hear the chittering of the mandibles of the store owner. Daniel, she's scary. The eye twitch begins again. And uh, I'm going to run behind Daniel and hide. 2,500 gold pieces. <laughs> Bryce, so I am joking. Or alternatively, you had an azurite or deuterite, we could make a trade. Well, see guys, I'm going to go find that stuff. But we, we don't have a year's worth of time. To, don't you have the money? GM, I don't, I don't think I have any money. I'm going to check my... Yep, yeah. Zero silver pieces. Could I potentially interest you in some of the other wares? Hmm. What if we made a small trade? Hmm. 
Daniel, in the meantime, is going to go look to see what kind of rope is available and how much it may cost. Sure. So you do find very large spools of rope varying in different amounts, anywhere from 50 to 500 feet of rope set aside and partitioned in various different baskets along the way on one of these tables. It seems to be once again made out of the exact same material. Some of the smaller portions of rope seem to be going anywhere from 50 gold, ranging all the way up to a thousand gold pieces for the largest spool of rope. But if what you've heard to be true in this is made out of the same material, you would presume that it is stronger than regular rope and has resistance to cold and fire. Yeah, I have like 52 gold. It'll be fine. So, uh, buddy, did, did you see that loot that's back over there? Uh, like the musical instrument? I'm surprised you didn't ask about that. Wait, there's a there's a loot? Yeah, you didn't see it when you walked in? No. Of course not. <laughs> GM, can I ask about the loot? Uh, did, yes. Uh, uh, hey, what's that loot over there? Oh, this, hmm, well, it is partially broken, but if you repaired it, this was, um, one of the digging implements used for excavation. They used a divine musical instrument for digging? Yes. Interesting use of that instrument. Daniel, do you think you could fix it? What do you need it for? Do you need to dig something, Sal? Yeah, yeah, I do, actually. Maybe I'm going to dig a hole and keep all the gold pieces there that I'm pretty sure you guys keep stealing from me. I mean, I guess maybe we did recently, so it's possible, right? I'll, I could give you a discount. It would be maybe a thousand gold. GM. Yep. I don't, I don't keep track of any money that I have in my notes, so I think I'm broke. <laughs> that does sound like a problem, though. Maybe you should keep track of these things better. Dang it. <laughs> Fine. I uh, guess I'll have to use my charms. It's an idea. GM, I would like to do a performance. A performance? What performance are you doing? Uh, perform strings. Okay, sure. I am going to grab him and drag him out of the store. Wait, Daniel, the loot. That could be the one. Don't you know the one with the magic strings? That could be my quest. It's the one that they've been building towards. Remember from like four or five episodes ago? Daniel, we need this. Has no strings and you have no money. And I am not going to let you make a fool of ourselves in front of this very gracious group of people. Daniel, you have to trust me on this one. Please, please. I have one goal in this game. I have done that far more times than any normal, sane human being should. Okay, okay, okay. But I, I could just convince her to give it to me. I don't know. You never know. I'm a very charming person. Gosh, Daniel, how could you stop Mohit like that? Gosh, Daniel. <laughs> He's just so fed up with Mohit at this point. Understandable. <laughs> He's just like, nah, I know where this is going, and I do not like it. Please, Daniel, come on. My best friend. Daniel. No. Well, what, what's the worst that could happen, Daniel? Exactly. Maybe <sighs> if he does it poorly, who knows? Maybe all the bug people decide that we are suddenly not friendly and they all decide to attack us. But 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 hear me out here, right? The the really scary mean lady who is helping us uh, seems to be in charge of all the bug people and she said she needs us. Yeah, you mean uh 
Asira Maria Elena de Ombra Daconia. Yeah, I just wasn't going to say all that because it's a mouthful. Yeah, but maybe we shouldn't get on her uh, bad side. I, I don't know if she. I don't know if she has a good side, Daniel. I think that was her good side. We have to live a little bit, Daniel. I think I've let you live more than enough. Jesus Christ, you're gonna kill me, Daniel? I've considered it a few times. Yes. What? <laughs> Daniel, listen, it's me. Daniel, come on, it's me, your best pal. Yes, indeed. It is indeed you. However, whatever that is supposed to mean, it is indeed you. Wilson, Daniel is possessed, I think. By what? No, Daniel, are you okay? He's holding me hostage. Please, Wilson, save me. Oh, no. Uh, well, I mean, I don't necessarily know if that's a bad thing. What, why do you think he's possessed? Uh, because he said he was going to kill me, and uh, Daniel and I are best friends. Oh, that's a very good point. No, I'm just vocalizing a lot of pent-up frustration. Come on, Daniel, you gotta, you gotta help me get the loot, okay? I'd do the same thing for you. So, quick, quick question. Is, is, is this a money problem that you two married, that this married couple's bickering about? Is it the finances? It's always the finances. It's the finances. Okay, I understand. The, the finances ruin a lot of good relationships here. Um, so, so what I'm gonna do as a uh, interested third party and a personal, close, good, and supportive friend of yours, um, I can loan you uh, some money, and hopefully by the end of this, you'll just just pay me back sometime. You know, so just so just look around and whatever you want, uh, as long as it's not like way too 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 much. Uh, go ahead, buy it, and then you can just pay me back. Because if you recall, uh, you guys missed it, but me and Snow defeated some demons under a mountain, and the queen rewarded us with a literal room filled with gold. Um, so finances aren't as big of an issue for me because I also refurbished my estate and have been making profits off of an apple orchard. Meanwhile, Snow is completely broke because everyone <laughs> spent all of our money. <laughs> and you didn't do any... Well, I guess you kind of refurbished the house a little to be more of a guild hall. You spent some money on that, didn't you? But I well, told Sebastian to take care of what would be best for the land. Sure. But yeah, Wilson has specifically turned his place into a farm with the help of Clyde. And I'm going I'm to walk over to Wilson and I say, thanks, Wilson. You're my best friend. Unlike Daniel. Oh, don't make Daniel jealous here. He might get upset. You don't like it when Daniel's upset. He threatens to kill people. Daniel wouldn't kill anybody. I mean, I did kill that Mastiff. What? Thing, so. You killed a dog, Daniel? Hey, listen. I normally, too, would say that's unhumane, but that thing was uncanine. It, it's, like, jaw detached and everything. It had, like, a snake tongue. It was it was creepy. Anyways, boys, just, just go ahead, look around, and let me know, and just try not to spend all my money, please. Thank you. I might need that later. Yay! And then I run back inside. So, in this shop, now that hopefully money is no longer an issue, uh, you have been given enough money that you should each be able to buy uh, at least one, probably two, but no more items off of the list. Some of the more mundane things you'll be able to afford, but the major things that are there is there seems to be these crystal necklaces which are being strung up from a board. Uh, they seem to have a series of anywhere from eight to ten crystals connected by a string. There seems to be these, once again, these rustic metallic rings where there are a couple of them and they're all just set in a box. So they all almost look identical. They're nothing particularly special, but they're set there and they're priced at 2,500 gold. 
There is the aforementioned loot, which was valued at 5,000 gold. And there is a seemingly broken pair of glasses, but the glasses are listed at 10,000 gold pieces. Outside of that, there is all of the webbing equipment. Pretty much anything that you can assume that is made out of standard cloth or a wool-like material would also be able to be made out of this webbing. So anything you can think of, blankets, backpacks, handkerchiefs, you can also make out of this webbing. And from what you've been told, they are almost completely cold and fire resistant. So they would help insulate things from whatever outside temperature there may be. To what extent, you do not precisely know. Daniel, what are you going to get? Uh, well, probably some rope and probably some sort of blanket or covering just because it's so wonderful outside. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so for the rope and the blanket, how much rope did you want? So how much money was I given? You weren't given a specific amount of money. Wilson said, buy what you want, more or less. Just don't spend too much. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Daniel, we could get matching spider silk bodysuits. No. Okay, fine. Wilson? No. Oh. But Daniel, you want to get matching rings? I think they're friendship rings over here. You want to all get matching rings? What? Can, can I also get a matching ring with you guys? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So we can get it too. Uh, I don't know. Why, why are these 2,500 gold though? Oh, these are the rings that the miners used to wear. They are filled with a minor enchantment. They make it so that you have to eat half as much as you normally do and sleep for only half as much as you normally do. Oh goodness, that's broken. Wait, 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 so you mean to tell me I only have to sleep for four hours a day? That is correct. The magical energy stores a, a small portion of nutrients and so long as you are wearing it, you will not grow hungry or need as much sleep. But when you take it off, you will be fatigued. Never take it off. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, I want that spider silk bodysuit. I can even exchange this one if you get me a discount on it. Hmm. And, and it seems as if she reaches out one of her two sets of hands uh, and almost plucks at the individual cords of the spider silk bodysuit. It's uh, in pristine condition, as you can see. Extremely high quality. Only the best of the best would wear it. Myself included. Hmm. Low quality. Hmm. Not particularly weak, but bland. No special properties to it. I will give you a... I would say I, I could take it and give you a 5% discount. You know what? That's not horrible. All right, fine. Sounds good. Pleasure doing business with you. It functions as a regular spider silk bodysuit, except it gives you five cold and fire resistance. The spider silk bodysuit itself cannot catch on fire. It is completely fire retardant. It will not grow brittle due to the cold, as aforementioned. And once per day, when light reflects off of it, in a 30-foot radius around the wearer, all targets must succeed a fortitude save or be dazzled. Uh, it, it's more like if you st stared at the sun, Daniel, and like a bright light flashed in your eyes. DC 18. In, an a in a 30-foot AoE, you do not choose who is affected. It hits everyone in the area, so you can hit your party. So you, too, also have to make a fortitude save unless you are, aren't looking at it. Do you sell sunglasses? Uh, 
What is sunglasses? Do you sell moon glasses? What is moon glasses? Do you sell glasses? Ah. Uh, she holds up a cup. This is glass? Uh, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, sure. That would be five gold. Hey, what, what, what are you spending all my money on over there? I got a glass. What, what do you need a glass for? I asked for glasses. What, what do you need glasses for? Are you planning on having a party? And what is one going to do for you? So I won't be dazzled by my new spider silk bodysuit. I don't... What? I don't think that's how that works, Sal. Okay, come on. I need the glasses because I want to look cool with my new loot. And I'm going to go and pick up the loot. It appears as if there is only one cord on this four-cord loot. And it seems to be made out of the same webbing that everything else in the area is made out of. There's a singular string of webbing. Uh, can I get more bug strings on this? Hmm. Well, we tried that, but interestingly enough, the loot only played one note when we put all of our string on it. Uh, GM, I want to play the one string. So, what was your perform? 29. Try as you may, and while you do put on a riveting performance with the instrument, you are only able to play varying different octaves of the same one note. For there is only one chord currently attached to the instrument. Ah, be careful with that, please. I wouldn't... I would prefer if you did not play it in my establishment. Can I detect magic on the loot? Absolutely. Is a magical loot. You sense that there is some relatively strong transmutation magic about the loot. Wait a minute, guys. This isn't some normal loot. Yes, it is. What do you mean it's not a loot? If you would like more strings, I can give them to you, but it will only play one note. You can play many different octaves, but no chords. Wait, what do you mean it's not a loot? I just, there's, just, explain. Oh goodness, is this going to eat him too and send him to another realm? Uh, so, question, um, you, I can take that spell. It's just I haven't taken it today for uh, obvious reasons. You, you said this was used for digging. Why? Because people were able to move a lot of ground with it. Sense motive on that GM. Sense motive. Sure. Roll, roll sense motive. 30. Ha. She is very much telling the truth. People were able to more efficiently than a normal person move a large quantity of ground with this. So much so that it was more efficient than a shovel. Hmm. Okay, GM, I'ma buy the loot. That's fine. Um. Hey guys, look, I got these. I got these cool glasses. They look like broken. A broken pair of spectacles. Any. They look as if they're disjointed, and one eye glass is slightly higher than the other, and that the metal framing is also broken. But the glass itself is still intact. But it makes Wilson's eyes look really, really big. That looks... Yeah, man, you look great. That looks comfortable. Uh, well, uh, it, yeah, thanks. It, it, I'm going to stop wearing them. They hurt my eyes. Um, Can I see them? Uh, sure. It's kind of cool. It's thermal vision. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, I'm going to put them on. And everything seems to go grayscale around you, except for the heat signatures from the different body sources in the room. But more so than what is in this room, it appears as if you can see through the walls of nearby buildings and see the heat signatures of various other creatures. Roll a perception check for me. 23. You can see heat signatures from as far as 300 feet away all the way through numerous different buildings and presumably walls and stone structures even. Wilson, you scandalous peeping Tom. Uh, 
I, I figured it would be useful if we needed to, if we were going to try and steal from someplace. What? If we he were, said nothing. He if said we were nothing. going to get our dear friend back, it might be useful for figuring out where people are around them. Okay, I uh, I give him back the glasses, but uh, I'm keeping an eye on you, Wilson. Thanks. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. There aren't any of the flowers here. We're, we're, uh, I was told that you guys sold the flowers here. Oh, well, hmm. I, I can't grow them here. We, they have to be grown over by the healer's place. The healer is the only one who has fertile enough soil instead of rock to be able to grow anything. It is the only environment which they are able to be preserved in. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, well, so how, how do they grow underground? Oh, those flowers. Wilson, why do you want to know about the flowers? I don't know. I just think it's cool that they're growing underground. I mean, how many flowers do you know that grow underground? <laughs> of course flowers don't grow underground. <laughs> Wait, uh, Daniel, uh, do flowers grow underground? I'm not sure. I'm an engineer, not a biologist. Oh, wait, yeah, that's right. I, uh, I failed chemistry. The flowers are known as Cryptopadidium candidium. They're ones that can only grow in low light. It's a type of orchid that grows here, but it also is great because it is also tasty and has healing properties. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So the healer is the one that grows them, both because she's the only one that has the fertilizer and the arable soil there, but also because she uses it in a lot of her remedies, so she asked if she could carry some of them. Oh, uh, speaking of remedies, kind of, uh, do you have, like, a material pouch for spells and whatnot? I have rubbing and trinkets. Perhaps the healer may have some things, but I wouldn't know. Where is her hut shop thing? Hmm. If you just follow the south tunnel wall and follow it down, eventually you'll come to a small outcropping, and it is the only place that can support any local flora. Thank you, that's appreciated. Alright, so we all, all good here, guys? Yep. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Yep, I think I'm good. So do we want to go to this healer shop thingy? Yep. Sure. Alright. Following the instructions of the shopkeep, you follow down the south wall, and inevitably you do, you come to the only place that has any type of flora, but it seems like it is wild with plant life. All kinds of large plants with folding leaves, with intricate vines, and a lot of coloration in the veins of the plant as well. And you walk in, and it seems that this is the only place which the structure seems to be almost grown out of the ground, out of the plants themselves. Wow, I didn't even realize anything this big could grow out here. Weird. I'm gonna look for a place to enter or at least knock on a door of some kind. Uh, there, there doesn't seem to be a door. There seems to be somewhat of an entranceway, but it is covered by vines. Can I knock on the entranceway then? Uh, so you knock on what a, is a hard surface. It may be like the stem or a trunk of a plant, but it seems as if the sound reverberates enough that actually as the building almost shakes with the force, it seems to vibrate and some bioluminescent plants almost unfurl and begin to illuminate the place. And the vines of the hut separate. Daniel is just left. Oh, that's creepy. 
with his eyes point going back and forth, making sure there's nothing cropping up trying to kill them all. That's kind of weird. Yeah, that's putting it mildly. Uh, hello? Ha ha ha, come on and enter, boys. What can I do you for? Uh, do you have any, like, components for spells of some kind? Got plants. That may still be useful. All right, I can give you a bunch of different plants. That'd be great. All right, here you go. Got the shrooms, got the other shrooms, got the twigs, the leaves. Yes, shrooms are good. Oh, uh, what kind of shrooms you need? We got, as I like to call them, sleep shrooms, shade shrooms, rage shrooms, sleep shrooms, shadow shrooms, shrooms of infestation. Watch out. Don't let these out. They grow real quick. Are they edible? Oh, I wouldn't. Unless you want them growing in your lungs. Okay, then. No. <laughs> Anywhere that's humid, this thing grows. Can I get one of those? True. No. Be five gold. And she hands you a little vial. And it seems as if it's this really tiny shroom, almost no larger than this dice in my hand. And it's just stuck to the inside of this glass vial. And there's only one in there. You gotta water this thing twice a day. But watch out. Don't let it out. Okay, Wilson. Bay up. <laughs> what? Hey. No, 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 no. This isn't how this is going to work. You think I am just your sugar daddy? I don't carry you around. Wilson, you're not my sugar daddy. You're my sugar best friend. You know what? I feel like that's flattery and manipulation. But nonetheless, you have no money. And I respect that. And as a good friend would, I will get you this. But this is the last thing. You hear me? Thanks. I'll take good care of it. Daniel is thinking to himself, we are all going to die. So what else do you need? You need some of those flowers? Yeah, that would be appreciated. How many you want? How much would four or five be? Hmm, 300 gold. Per. So for five, 1,500. Wait, 15,000. Wait, no, 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 I was on the first time. <laughs> I'm Wait, like, hold, 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 yeah, hold, hold, hold. No, I was, 1,500. All right, Wilson, pay up. Oh no, my no, gosh. no, 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 no. Wilson, is one palatable, or would you what? just prefer me not I can buy any? all five, but what do they do? They're a healing type of hemoscale and lilac. Do you know how it works? You just like beat someone over the head with it, boom, they just get healed. How does the healing properties of this flower work again? So, inside the bulb, there's orchids. You see, they unfurl and there's a nectar inside. When you drink the nectar, it has healing properties. But be careful if you drink too much, it may make you nauseated. Oh, fun. I think two is reasonable. All right, 600 gold. Oh, and for the component pouch, another 100. Okay, fine. I guess I'm just paying for everything today. All right. No one else has a job. Everyone else is broke. I guess I'm just the person who is only sensible to invest in their property. So I'll take care. To be care fair, of I was a werewolf at the time. Well, I, I understand that you probably have some debt from going to werewolf college. But listen, that doesn't mean that just because you have student loans that you have to pay off, Daniel, that you, you can't, like, in, I don't know. Do, do you have... A diversified portfolio in, uh... All right, well, there's nothing else you need. You got your flowers, you got your shroom pouch. Be careful, don't eat all of them at once. Out of pure curiosity, what happens if you do? Mm, you might explode. Wonderful. I'm glad I asked. What kind of shrooms did you buy, my guy? Good question. I apparently exploding ones. Mm, mm, mm. I yeah, mean... they, they don't explode individually. One helps you sleep, one helps you, I don't know, be angry, and one helps you, uh, be, be sneaky, kind of. All right, let's go. They're kind of self-explanatory. Uh, okay, I guess we're good, guys. Are we gonna... 
be back up at the tavern? Yep. Cool. 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 Yeah. Making your way back to the tavern, you find it happened without a hiccup. You see some Desiriac people staring at you, always from across the street and never interacting with you directly. But it's also kind of hard to pinpoint where they're staring as they have four eyes and they have antennae and multiple limbs. And they could be talking telepathically to someone you don't even see. Uh, So who knows really what they're doing, but they're around. And with that, you make your way back to the presumed tavern for the evening, where eventually, after uh, sitting down and lounging about, the person behind the bar speaks up. Ah, what you want? Daniel, he's talking to us. Yes, he is. Ah, sorry about that. I'm 21. I don't have my license on me, though. Seriously, we couldn't talk to you. But now we're here. Might as well. You all's been sitting there for close to a good 20 minutes now. Anything you want? I got sparkling water. I'll take some sparkling water. I'll also have some sparkling water. So interestingly enough, at the uh, concept of this individual having sparkling water, you all order a glass. And as it comes to you, it seems as if quite literally the water is sparkling, like as reflecting light. It doesn't seem to have any carbonation, but rather it seems as if there are crystals in the water itself. Let's get drunk, boys. Uh, I don't... Uh, okay. Uh, Dino, you're ready to heal him if he, like, vomits, right? Yes. Okay. I'm waiting for that. Roll a fortitude save. Crit. 24. Tastes like water. Yeah, it's really good. Tastes like water. It, it, it feels like it's, like, water with pop rocks. It's got, like... A, it, it doesn't have, like, a carbonated fizz, but it does feel, like, as if there's a tingling sensation as you drink it. Ooh, tingling. You guys should try this. I mean, we, we, we did order it already, Daniel. So, like, kind of go to waste. Might, might as well try some. As Wilson downs his glass, you see... He did not roll well on Fortitude, did he? You see as if Wilson himself almost starts reflecting light. And it's harder to see him. It's almost like he's transparent. Oh, no. Wilson's disappearing. What? What do you mean? I'm right here, guys. You're transparent-ish. What? That's wild. I'm no, no, tra- not... I'm me. Daniel continues thinking to himself, there is going to be two murderers tonight. Why is he now suddenly less opaque? Nah, I don't know. That's weird. Okay. Yeah, Daniel. Now you, you do get, you disappear just like Wilson because you're so mean to me today. Yes, I feel fully confident drinking the water that has just made one of our party members less visible. So you're going to drink it, Daniel? I mean, I don't feel bad. Like, Daniel. I feel fine. Daniel. Come on, Daniel. Drink Go, Daniel. Daniel. Come on, Daniel. 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 Daniel started to pick up the glass, but as soon as they all started peer pressuring him. Daniel. Daniel. Go, Daniel. Come on, Daniel. Condescending, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, condescending. As they, they somewhat start condescendingly cheering you on, you were raising the glass and then just slowly set it back down, shaking your head. Not even just resting my in my face and my palms and being like, why? <sighs> but as time passes and you are all just ambling about the tavern, it doesn't seem as if any more patrons come in and Wilson and Ash do have a few more kicks and giggles drinking some of the sparkling water and fading in and out of transparency as it seems to have effects that last for a good couple of minutes. I'm going to sip on it as well. Roll a fortitude save. 22. As you just partially sip on the water, you do notice that it has a 
refreshing and energizing uh, taste. Like I said, it, it tastes, well, pretty clean like regular water, but it has this sensation about it which almost feels as if you're eating Pop Rocks. But there seem to be no adverse effects for you. This is weird. Where do you get this water anyway? Oh, that's just some minerals from the local mines that sometimes get into the drinking water. Huh, neat. People speculate that it might be trace fragments of deuterite in there. So that's what that stuff does. Interesting. Wait, so is th does that mean we're drinking, like, pretty much lead? Like, it, or, like, some metal material out of the ground? Like, are we drinking, like, copper or something? Iron? Like, isn't that bad? Nah, you'll probably be fine. We've been drinking that for years. And we turn out great, he says, and, like, raises up two arms. And gives you, like, two thumbs, which are all, like, crooked and obscured. And his, like, face is somewhat contorted and one eye is twitching. I wonder if them drinking this is what turned them into bug people. <laughs> are we gonna turn into bug people? <laughs> Daniel! 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 <laughs> but as time passes, and it seems like the bioluminescence of the town around you so slowly begins to dim, you eventually hear... Footsteps echoing down the tunnel. The clanking of presumably what are high heels. Well, well, I think I know who that might be. Bursting through the front doors of the tavern with a very confident and striking pose, you see once again Asira Mariana Elena de Umbra Draconia. That was absolutely terrible. It is Asira Maria Elena de Umbra Draconia. But that's what I said, thank you. You said Marina. Thank you, Asira Maria Elena de Umbra Draconia. Comes bursting through the doors of the tavern. With somewhat of an agitated look on her face, she speaks to you in a harsh tone. She appears to be in a hurry. What are you doing? We need to get out of here now. What? Uh, I mean, we were just waiting for you because you said you were going to... going to be here. And then just rode up, you know? Put the pop rocks down. We need to go. The, the, the what? The Pop Rocks. Oh, oh, oh you, you know what those are? That's the drink that you're having there. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, are, are we missing Celia? Are you? Guys? Yeah, where is she anyway? I have no idea where your party members are. If you are losing them, that is your own fault. But you need to come with me now. Uh, okay, well, give us like a few minutes. We'll try and see if we can find her, okay? Fine, I give you a few minutes. Can, can we... Uh, I'm going to open up my messaging and see if I can message Celia and ask her where she is. I was attempting a scrying ritual to see what I could figure out about this Assyria Maria Elena de Umbra Draconia. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Uh, she's back, by the way, and she kind of wants us to leave now, so... Hmm. From what I can sense, she harbors no ill will towards us. For now, we should be safe, though. Tread carefully, for her ambitions are purely of a selfish nature. She has no interest in us, only her own gain. Oh, that was not clear at all. Just reiterating, also, you really do not want to get on her mother's bad side. I'll keep that in mind and just be as polite as humanly possible, then. I'll be there in a moment. Thanks. And after a few seconds, you actually hear footsteps from a... Above you in the tavern and coming down a staircase from the back from above the bar you see it spirals around and leads out into the main open area where all of the tables are and before you indeed stands celia in her regular purple robe and tall hat which she likes to wear sorry for holding you up i guess we should be on our way yes you were holding us up now let's go all right where, where, where to vilrek is waiting for us we need to go now 
Oh, okay. No, all right. Uh, let me hop out of the tavern. We're all walking out. Gonna grab Angus, take off his reins. Thank you for not destroying the entire structure by pulling out that bean buddy. And I guess we're off. You talk to your horse? Don't you? I don't have a horse. Well, there's your problem. If you had one, you'd talk to it. She blinks and stares, <laughs> then turns and starts to walk. Wilson is entirely straight-faced during the entire proceedings. He is immensely confident. He is normally, his will would normally break in front of that woman, but regarding specifically Angus, he is stone-faced. Why does Wilson remind me of Bolin from Legend of Korra? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> who he is. Okay, just figure it. Following Miss Draconia, as it would be. It is Madam or Lady Draconia. I am narrating, ma'am. <laughs> Sit down. Making your way down the tunnels of this quaint mining town, you find yourselves going well past the outskirts and the limits of where most other structures are. And it appears to be getting darker the further back you go. The bioluminescence now almost completely fading, and you don't know whether that's because it is presumably reaching nighttime, or if it's just because you're leaving the township in its entirety behind. But as you go down further down the tunnels, almost about to reach a pitch black darkness, the walls are illuminated with a faint blue hue, and the very similar cold warmth of a fire that you had experienced before on the surface side. You hear the crackling of what appears to be a fire, and off in the distance you can see a small camp built into the enclave of the tunnels. Well, somewhere where the cave walls recede slightly, it appears as if uh, a makeshift setup has been put here. But the closer you get to your destination, you see these freakishly tall but comparatively narrow tents. They're made out of this tattered and muddy, worn black cloth suspended by wooden support stilts, and they stand about 14 feet tall but only five foot wide. Coming closer, you see that there are a number of these, around about three or four, and they all seem to be just out in the open, and they're encircling a, a large fire pit, which seems to have a number of stools around it, all made out of wood. And in the back by one of the tents, you see a rather large wooden cage, large enough to even be able to fit a person in it. And as you walk by, it seems as if the eerie blue light from the fire reflects off the walls and casts shadows which are dancing all around you. <laughs> so cold in here. Kind of scary, too. Well, it's not quite nearly as warm, interestingly enough, even though now we have blue fire once again. Maybe it is the blue fire. Maybe blue fire is cold. What are you all talking about? It is perfectly fine down here. Sorry, we're from our plane, it's typically just a bit warmer. You can see that she's kind of like stripped off one layer of clothes that she was wearing already. Uh, or uh, Anyways, isn't your informant supposed to be here? They should be, unless we missed them because somebody was taking their sweet time upstairs. Hmm. It doesn't appear as if anyone is in this area. We walked down the tunnel and we saw no one in it. Did not have any openings. Should we peruse around the campsite? I wouldn't recommend doing that. You hear as a voice from behind you speaks. And Celia was right, even though you came down a... One singular pathed tunnel and saw no one. There is now somehow a ten foot nine individual standing behind you. You, sir, are impressively stealthy. Getting a better look at him, you see he's wearing a tattered and muddied suit. 
and it would appear as if he's carrying around a rather large spade with him. Craning your necks upward so you're able to more properly see his face, you see he has a very gray complexion, almost ashy and non-human, and you see he has yellow eyes with very crude features. A wide jaw and protruding from his mouth are abnormally long teeth that are about two inches long. I wouldn't recommend just walking into a bone collector's camp. Ah, Bielric, it is good to see you. And you see, as he takes his top hat off to reveal shoulder-length, long white hair, and he tips his cap. Pleasure's all mine. Now what can I do you for? As I had summoned for you earlier, it is for what we had discussed. Hmm. Well, I can give you the information that I know. Please, take a seat. And he gestures to the stools around the fire. She walks over and takes the nicest-looking seat. Daniel's also going to come and sit near them. It does appear as if there is a single individual wooden stool which has a red cushion with golden tassels on it, which Miss Asira Draconia takes the liberty of taking for herself, and everyone else just gets standard wooden stools. Meanwhile, Vilric seems to just sit on the ground, but due to his height disparity, he more than makes up for it and is finally able to stare you all in the eyes. Now, you know what you're doing does break the agreement, correct? I am aware that it could be questionable, but what is a small spat? Uh, all right. I can be your informant on the matter, but if anyone asks, I wasn't here. And if anyone asks me if I know you, you're good as dead. Wonderful. Here's a thing I don't like normally getting involved in their affairs, he says as he looks over towards... Asira. But she says that you are on a bit of a time crunch, more so than you may realize. What you are going to be doing, you would have to infiltrate the facilities of one individual named Karlov Taran. He's not someone you normally want to cross, either aggressively or even just in passing. He runs the entire town over there. And which he shouldn't. Whether or not who has the right to those facilities, he has very strong claim and a lot of sway. I have just as equal claim as he, but I digress. Regardless of that as it may be, the facilities you will be infiltrating are actually stationed underneath his manor. Oh, I can see where this is getting difficult. So, Your job will have to be to break into the house of a man who is strong enough to take down a Lich King, break into his house, traverse down through his basement, go through his presumably two to three dozen armed guards, locate your friend, and hopefully escape without being noticed. Sounds simple enough? Great, I'm glad we're all in agreement. So, Miss Asira, Marina, Elena, de Umbra, Draconia, will you be helping us with breaking in and clearing the guards, or is that just our part? Why do you all keep saying Marina? I am not some kind of ship dock. I am Maria. Maria. My apologies. Goodness. Uh, I'm sorry. Evilness. (laughs) You know, we could just call her, like, Emadud. Her name's an acronym for... Excuse me? Could be A-A-M-E. No, no, let's let's not push her along. It's just a really long name, ma'am, with all due respect. (sighs) My name is Asira Maria Elena Elena de Ambra Ambra Draconia. Draconia. I know. I'm just saying, it's a mouthful to say every time we need to talk to you. It is a title of someone 
who is strong and powerful. Okay. So, uh, like, like Daniel was asking, are you going to uh, help us with the, the whole, like, 36 guard problem? Oh, of course. All right. So, so what exactly uh, is, is the plan here, then? Well, I figured that you would go in, get whatever you need. And unfortunately for your love, you'll be quite distracted. But you will be helping me by taking from him. Okay, yeah, but the, the, thir- the 36 guard thing. All right. 36 guards? They are but maggots. All right, here's the thing. Not all 36 guards are stationed on the same floor. And trust me, this is a multi-floored facility. I kind of figured. Underneath the manor, and the manor itself is four stories tall, there is a three-story facility beneath it. The first area is where all transport comes in. Any drop-offs happen here, and everything is sorted through. After that, it can be dropped down to either the second or the third floor, depending on what is found. Anything that is to be transported out from the facility will be dropped down to the second floor. Anything that is going to be stored for later will be down in the third floor. What I mean by import and export in these manners is what is putting you on more of a time crunch than you know. Not only do you presumably have a time frame, as I've been told, to resurrect your dear compatriot, you have a time frame to where her remains will be significantly more difficult to acquiesce. Meaning, they could be on the move. Depending on what she had on her personage when she, her corpse was found in this plane. Wait, so is Elias alive? No, your friend is very dead. But soon, depending on circumstances, she may join the ranks of the undead. So, she'll be alive? No. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Think, think like zombie or like skeleton warrior kind oh, of thing. Oh, so like the sprinting dead. Sure, but if that's what you think about it. Well, trust me. Here, the dead do walk. Especially since where she will be going, or rather her corpse would be being sent to, is tribute to a lich. That is what the agreement is down in these parts. Seeing as there are a large number of corpses that find themselves in the Shadow Plane, individuals like myself make a living off of collecting said corpses, or these bones, selling them at a price in which will get tributed to said lich in return for negative energy, which powers a lot of the facilities around these parts. Which is what Kyarlov is in control of. He is the exclusive person who has access to the negative energy plane, and his lich compatriot to Karol. He doesn't even have the Umbra of Draconia at the end of his name. He is not fit for this. Nevertheless, like I said, on the forest floor of the facilities is where there's going to be a large number of guards. There is a sorting outpost there, and towards the back is the only exit. The primary entrance is towards the front, and like I said, the exit down to the following floors is towards the back, which means you'll somehow have to sneak past all of them. Alternatively, there is the uh, requisition tunnel. Anything that's sorted through that anyone would think Kyarlov himself might have a personal taste for is sent directly up to his personal stash. He has a trophy room of sorts. If you were to infiltrate the trophy room once in his manor, you could go down this chute and that would drop you out almost directly next to the exit to the second floor. But it's possible that your compatriot hasn't even been sorted yet, so you may have to dawdle on the first floor even longer. Do you know if his guards have any potential vision abilities? Like, can they see thermally? Can they see things that would otherwise be invisible? That kind of stuff? Most of them are going to be fletchlings. So that means they're going to have low light vision at the best. 
Some of them might have dark vision. Not all, though. The problem is if you run an indeed to Xerax. As you might have noticed, one, they can talk telepathically, which means you won't be able to understand a word they're saying unless they're directing it to you. But most importantly, they see off of sound vibrations. So, any noise you make will direct them immediately to your location. Okay, well... Well, the bartender told us that the water around here comes with minerals that sometimes, if sometimes, turn us invisible, or mm. at least very difficult to see. You're referring to the dude right there. Yeah. So what th- that does is actually it refracts light that's bouncing off of nearby particles. If you are in darkness, however, the Azerat would be more beneficial. It turns you almost into like a shadow. Interesting. As he gives you an example, as he places his spade down on the ground, and it seems to almost melt into the soil beneath it. But you realize that as the campfire flickers and the shadows around it change, that whenever there's a bright enough source of light, you can see that the spade is still there. But as the light recedes and it returns to darkness, the shovel is almost entirely invisible. So perhaps those materials can be useful to us in sneaking through there. Getting your hands on some might be a little difficult. It is a heavily sought-after metal. Just this spade alone cost me 50000 Mmm, I would like to make a bargain. Uh, I don't know if this is the type of bargaining right now, Ash. Shh, I got this. Okay, buddy. Pardon me, what was that? Well, I would just like to make a bargain. As he... Please ignore him. As he then stabs his spade into the solid rock beneath you, you see as it pierces through it like butter and sits there in the ground. Hmm. I would like to make a bargain for that shovel with this digging loot. I'm pretty sure that's just a musical instrument there. It's a very special loot, you see. It digs, according to our great bug people. You were told. Have you tried digging with it? Because I can rest assured that probably not going to be doing too much with that. Oh, so you say, but this one digs holes. What is it particularly that you're bargaining for, then? Well, I'm bargaining for that shovel, of course. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Why would you want a shovel that blends into the dark in a cave? Wouldn't you even lose it? Wouldn't you lose it that way? What I do with my personages is up to my decision. But trust me, it is coming handy. You see, as Vilric stands up and he grabs the spade closer towards the neck and then also the handle, and it looks as if he's about to go into a digging motion, but as he does, he vanishes into the darkness. And after but a few moments, Ash, you feel a very firm hand on your shoulder. Trust me, it has its uses. But Well, with that, that's all the information I can supply. All I can say is that if your friend's already been sorted through and set out for transport, you've got about three moons before it moves out. That's when. It'll be at its peak. The negative energy plane will be the strongest bonded with ours. And that is generally when the transaction between Takaral and Kyarlov happens. All right, well, listen, guys. It sounds like we don't have too much time between Takarl and Carl uh, get together and have their uh, evening brunch. But uh, I don't feel like fighting a Lich King, so how about we get in and get out before then? That sounds like a great idea. Uh, but, like, how do we do that without being detected, ideally? Like I said, 
I would be the one who goes in, I make a distraction, and then you go and you get your friend's body out, and then when my brother, <laughs> my, yeah, whatever at this point, my brother goes to make the transaction, he will find himself in a heap of trouble. Alrighty, but ideally we should find our companion before you start the distraction, or, well... How long do you think this distraction is going to last for, is my question. Wouldn't you want a distraction when you're trying to take it? Because otherwise, then he's just going to find you. I'm just trying to get information, ma'am. I apologize. I was planning on just having a nice long chat with my brother while you go down and you get what you need. If she can get us into the compound, hmm, I can telepathically link us with a magic item I procured a while ago. It will be able to keep us all in communication from a long range. I can sit outside the compound, relay information, and open a line of communication through all of us so that we can talk no matter what distance we are. Can't we just message each other? That would take time. Also, our fingers. What if we're holding something? This, you merely have to send a thought. Asira Maria Elena de Ambra Daconia. Are you an NPC? Uh, but I don't, I don't think that now's the right the right time for that. Um, I, I think that's a little bit of a personal question, and I, I don't think that she wants that explained. What? Uh, 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 he's crazy. I can tell. Uh, so the plan is to break into your brother's mansion, go into his underground facility, which is guarded, sneak past all the guards while not knowing exactly where the person we're looking for is, uh, and then uh, escape before there's a sacrifice to a Lich King? Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Yes, easy enough. As I said, thank you all for agreeing. Hmm. You said that there was, on the second floor, a point where things are exported. Is it possible that we could have a rendezvous by the export tunnel? It could be our escape route. If it leads directly to the surface, we could have someone meet us up there once we locate it, and then leave from there. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Seeing as Wilson is best with animals... He could potentially have all of our horses once he finds the location and have them ready to there. If I'm staying on the outside to relay information and divination techniques, I will meet you lot outside of the compound. That would leave Daniel and you, Sal, to go and fetch Elias personally. So for that, this ring should help you locate him. And she hands you the ring which she has been using to guide your guys' way. Sorry, just the thought of Daniel having to... Daniel's thinking to himself about collaborating with Sal on this very dangerous, delicate rescue mission has every voice in his head screaming. And he's just like, oh, okay, this is fine. Got it. Mission impossible. Dun, 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 dun. I pull out the loot. Which loot? This one. This one that I'm pulling. The one loot with only one cord? Yes. Roll, roll, roll. Use magic device. I don't have use magic device. Uh, you can roll perform strings, but it is going to be a uh, poor uh, single note rendition of the Mission Impossible theme song. Uh, but you see that there are no added side effects, though. Celia is eerily eyeing you. Twenty six on my performance. Dun 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 dun. I mean, dun. for only having a single note, you are playing around your multiple octaves impressively well. But it still doesn't seem quite right. Oh, Celia, you like my loot? I... you know how to use that. It's a loot with one string. Mm. You play it. Mm. Okay, fine then, Celia. You play it. Sure. Do you mind? And she offers her hands. I uh, hand her the loot. 
Celia plays a very rudimentary and poorly done musical composition. Really, it's just striking the notes somewhat rhythmically. But as she does, resonating with the vibrations of the lute, the cave begins to tremble, and earth begins moving out of the way. And it seems as if a large secondary tunnel system is carving its way tangentially from the tunnel you're in, in a direction somewhat nearby. Oh, so it does actually dig holes. That's so cool. I would be immensely careful with this. Presumably, it could have great impact. You should perhaps get training with magic devices to better unlock their full potential. This could be a very valuable asset, though. <laughs> okay. Here you are. And she hands it back. Well, uh, seeing as we have a plan, uh, uh, let's see. Celia is the eye in the sky. Uh, Asira Maria Elena de Umbra Draconia uh, is the, the face of this operation. I'm the getaway driver, and uh, God help us all, Sal and Daniel are the master thieves. Um, so we're gonna, I guess, should we make our way to the, the, the manor then? Yeah, boys? I'm just waiting for you all. All right. Um, then I, I, I guess we should, should make way. Dilly, do you want to summon the horses and everything? Why would you summon the horses? You'll draw too much attention to yourselves. Get in the carriage. Wait, there's a carriage? That way. Oh. Literally turn your head and look. Oh my gosh, there is. And you see before you a very intricately designed carriage, which neither has a driver nor any horses. It's lined with black metals and red accents. And as the doors open, you see it is flush with red cushions inside as well. Uh, okay, well, it looks like it sits all of us. That's 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 nice. Uh, is, is this like a self-driving car? I don't know what the car is, but it does drive itself. Uh, I, I'll just... Do you mind if I tie Angus to the back of it? You could tie him to the back of it. I don't care. All right, all right Angus, buddy. Sorry, uh, I, I'm not going to be riding you. Uh, my calves are a little sore after the past couple of days. You've been riding a lot. Uh, but uh, here, have a carrot. And uh, I'm just going to tie you right here. And uh, presumably everyone hops in the carriage and begins their journey to this manor of Kyorlo Taran. And I believe that this is where we're going to end this week's episode of Sword Art Online Odd. Please catch us next week to see if this party is successfully able to heist and steal their friend back. All right, foundlings, it's been a while since I've done the outro for Sword Art Online Odd, but I guess I'm doing that this week. So thank you, foundlings, for listening to this week's episode of Sword Art Online Odd. We're so happy to have you. Again, we love you, and thank you so much for using your ears and putting your earbuds in and actually listening. If you're sitting in a car listening, well, I mean, that's great. I will say, though, sometimes the sound effects don't get picked up as well without, you know, the headphones. It makes me so sad. But Foundlings, if you've been enjoying this podcast series or this episode in particular, please consider leaving us a rating and a review, or maybe even if you haven't been enjoying it. You know, you could always reach out to us at info at missingroleplayerfound.com, but leave those ratings and reviews through Podchaser as well as Apple Podcasts. So please consider doing that. That really helps out the podcast and also helps other listeners determine if they actually want to listen in. And you know, we try our best to make great content. So please consider doing that. You can also support the podcast in other ways by going to places like Twitter and Instagram and following us on our social medias there at Roll Found. We also have a TikTok, which I know I need to get better at 
putting things on there. <laughs> I think it's missing role player found. Otherwise, it's at role found. It's one or the other. I don't know why. I can't remember this. But anyway, you can support the podcast in other ways, whether or not that's going to our website, missingroleplayerfound.com. That's missing R O L L playerfound.com and purchasing merchandise or merchandise. And you can wear hats, t-shirts, rep us with stickers and stuff. That'd be really nice. I'd love to see some pictures of you guys wearing merchandise. Yeah. Uh, if you do get merchandise, please consider, you know, uh, tagging us on your social medias and we'll give you a shout out, I guess. I guess that's what you could do. Yeah. Uh, you can also go to our Patreon. You can get there easily by going to the link in our description or by going to bit dot ly forward slash support mrpf and you can donate to us monthly and by doing so you actually help the podcast with creating new series new content but also gives us more motivation and can help mo like you know maintain things like our website and other such nuances of podcasting that people don't realize there is in this yeah learned a lot but yeah so, Foundlings, that's it from me. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next, next week with more Sorta Online Odd. But remember, Foundlings, we're getting ready to go into our season finale. And keep an eye out because we'll be doing a giveaway of some really nice dice. Fun fact, there's actually an alternate version of this episode because we did not have Mohit to record. So I actually covered as Mohit for this episode and Mohit came in and recorded his lines underneath of mine. And then we just moved it out. So if you want to hear the version where I was playing as Sao, consider going to our Patreon because that is a bonus episode that you can listen to if you just want to hear the, <laughs> the chaos that ensued with that. And also, Foundlings, we're going to have a side series coming up, and that's going to be released fully on our Patreon first, and then we'll release it publicly after the whole thing has been produced. So just if you guys want to support us and you want to get early access to this uh, incoming uh, sideshow, please consider going to our Patreon and supporting us there and letting us know that that is something that you are interested in. I mean, we're still going to make it because... This is our passion and we enjoy doing this and we want to make great stories that have, um, I guess, some morality in it. And and yeah. And I promise this is actually the last thing. I do want to give a big thank you and shout out to Michael Gelfi and Will Savino for making most of the ambiance and music that we used in today's episode. Will Savino's program is Music D20 and I highly recommend checking out all of his musical pieces. He makes some really great background drops that I really like adding in. And then Michael Gelfi makes some really amazing sound ambiances. So check them out, add them to your game because they are 100% worth it. Okay. Thank you, foundlings. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.